Hello, friends. It's your boy, Tony Bones Jones, and you are listening to This League's podcast on WKKG The Mix Live. Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's gather around. Blow the best sports talk in town. We got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Dude, I didn't know we had a DJ on the pod. <laughs> that was so awesome, man. That was great. Oh my gosh, I'm a mess. Right, we just started the pod. And I don't even have my freaking show thing up. I got all this crap everywhere. I'm an animal. Hey, how about you guys introduce yourself while I get my life together? Hey, we got a special guest on. It's uh, your boy, Anthony LaPinta. That is correct. It's your boy, Tony Bones, a.k.a. <laughs> CEO of King Henry Enterprises, a.k.a. Oh. Brown Mogul, a.k.a. Young Hitman, a.k.a. Cloth Talk, a.k.a. Special Cloth Alert, a.k.a. Minnesota Wrecking Crew, a.k.a. the owner and founder of Team Uninspired Youth, a.k.a. the New Orleans Super Bowl, Super Dome, baby, because I'm on fire. That was legendary. That, this wow. is awesome. This is, I'm just going to quit. Like, Anthony, you want to host that? I can never, I can't top that. Jeez. All right. Well, like, like the main man said, welcome in season two, episode seven of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mitchum. We got the boy, Aaron Hunt. Yo, 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 and what is happening? And you already heard him. We, we got Tony Bones, a.k.a. all of those sexy nicknames he gave. Anthony, thanks for jumping on, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I am pumped. Let's do it. <laughs> I can tell. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> geez. Another great, great week of football has passed. I'll tell you what, it's so much easier to do these podcasts mm-hmm. when you win. <laughs> Last week, I was dreading it. Preach. This week, I'm like, let's let's just get into it, baby. Pack show for you today. <laughs> uh, of course, we have your week two reviews. We got updated power rankings. We got a quick pick em update, and we got week three previews going into what is a very important week for multiple teams. Yeah, but before we get into that, uh, as always, we're going to have the drink of the week. I'm going to throw it over to Aaron, man. What are we sipping on? Rounding out the Coors Light that was left over from the tailgate. So got two more left. This is a final stretch here. Got to get through it. Coors Light, nothing like it. And Anthony. I'm finishing off the bottle, boys. The bottle of Jack? No, sir. The bottle of Jim? Uh Uh-uh. The Mott's apple juice, baby. I'm doing a detox. (laughs) Oh, we getting (laughs) litty. Is it spiked? Is it spiked? No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. It's a it's a Mott's apple juice virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is like the third straight unexciting week for me. I just got another I got another old reliable. It's a Miller Lite. Still in a, in a Miller Lite household here. So nothing special there. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast, you're going to let you are just going to sit here while we do this transition and just listen to us sulk 
listen to us just be super sad about our beloved Indianapolis Dolts. Let's get into it. Carson! One, two, two sprained ankles, dude. I just, how you sprain two ankles on the same play? Like, I, I, I guess that's not even the first thing I should say, right? Like, I should be like, oh man, I hope Carson's okay. I hope his family's okay. That kind of crap. But like, I want to know, how do you do that? Only us, man. Takes talent. Colts lose. What was it, 27-24? Yeah. Yeah. Great little comeback there at the end. They had us. They made us believe. Man. The Colts would have once would have been considered the Michael Pittman Jr. breakout game. He's arrived. But no, now it's just sadness. Carson Wentz is going to go to bed tonight and tomorrow and the next day just with Aaron Donald's dick in his face. Just memories of that. He's just so good. Jalen Ramsey waving goodbye to all the Colts fans and not getting penalized because even the refs know we suck. Was he we waving suck. goodbye to you, Anthony? I know you were at the game. Was was he like, no. hey, you bitch, waving no. goodbye? Couldn't even look him in the eye, to be honest. He knew what he had done to me. This song actually makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> I, am, I, might, I might cry. I am so sad right now. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, I, I can't really be any more optimistic about the Colts than I am right now with Jacob Eason going into Tennessee next week. I really think he's going to pull it out for us, guys. All right. Unless Carson Wentz hobbles out there with two bum ankles. And dear God, don't want that. Don't want that. A boy can dream. Let us dream. There's, there's no time for optimism. It's going to be terrible. Just pain. Lots of pain. Lots of incompetent quarterback play, incompletions, QB ratings that are low and low and even lower. This song is called Suicide Note on Spotify, if you guys are interested. <laughs> wow. You chose a banger. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'm done sulking. Let's. Uh, I will say one thing. I went to this game. Oh, the music's still going on. I went to this game, and the only highlight was being able to be there in Lucas Oil. 2021 was the year, and I saw Peyton Manning and Edron James. Oh, that's live right. At a Colts game in 2021. That's right. You know what? We did a happy end on a happy note. Yeah. We used to be good once. <laughs> yeah. We did. Colt, go Colts. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Now we got that out of the way. <laughs> let's get into some week one reviews, baby. Um, this is what we all came for. This is let's let's reminisce. Let's talk about who lost, who won, who's on fire, who's not. We're gonna start this thing. We had Two 1-0 teams coming in. This was a statement game for Clayton, all right? He came in. He's thinking this is his year. He goes up against who was the number one person in the power ranking and Super Camario and Stretch. And uh, this team, this game went about as you expected it to. I would say 
Clayton lost this game more so than Stretch won it. Um, Stretch didn't really do his signature. I'm going to ride the back of two guys and said he rode the back of like two and a half guys. So Kyler Murray, he's just going to freaking break fantasy football this year. And it's annoying. 39 points for the little man. And then uh, he still wins. He puts up 134 points to Clayton's 116. Very disappointing showing for Clayton. Really had the opportunity to make a statement here. But uh, other than Kyler Murray, Stretch rides up into the sunset with a Mike Evans signature five catch for 75 yards, a two-touchdown game, and a Devin Singletary. Really good decision to start him there. And Debo Samuel both giving you solid starts. But again, outside of that, not the best performance for the number one power ranking. Amari Cooper with a disappointing outing. Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara. You, you got to be sounding a little bit of alarm bells, I think, if you're stretched for Kamara a little bit. You know, you had the highs of week one and Jameis Winston looking like freaking Peyton Manning. And then you had this week going up against a not too good Carolina defense. But uh, you, you really hope that hopefully Kamara somewhere in the middle if you're stretched there for Clayton. Christian McCaffrey, just what, 24 points, whatever. I missed him last year because he is inevitable. Uh, Julio Jones had a good game for him, but outside of that, you know, you really hoping a lot more comes from Kenny Galladay. He was one of those he was one of those wild cards at the beginning of the year. How's he going to do in that new offense? Um, and then I think going forward, it might be time to pull the pull the plug and and throw Gronk into your lineup, man. Throw that grenade into your lineup. Two four catches, thirty nine yards, two touchdowns. The number one tight end in fantasy right now. Clayton has a little bit to look forward to there, but uh, again, Stretch gets Stretch does enough. Again, I don't think Stretch wins this. I think Clayton will be disappointed with his squad, disappointed with his roster. He'll try to rebound next week and uh, try to maintain his claim as a contender this year. Yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray, just week after week, he's just dominant. You know, the rushing, the amount of yards through the air that he is compiling week after week is remarkable. Um, He's just doing it on a consistent basis. Kamara, I agree with you. I think there's a bit of concern uh, there. I mean, eight carries for five yards. I mean, I think he was the fourth leading rusher on his team. Uh, that's really bad. Um, and then Cooper getting hurt. I mean, he's going to definitely feel that if Cooper can't go in week three. Uh, Debo Samuel getting 16. I think that's a positive sign for him moving forward. Maybe he becomes a mainstay in the flex spot. I doubt Singletary will be getting that type of point total going forward. Um, so I think I agree with you. I think Stretch just did what he had to do to win. I think he got um, a little bit of the benefit there facing Clayton on the flip side where, um, yeah, he just didn't have a lot of great output across the board. He had a couple guys that popped off, like you said, McCaffrey, but um, maybe he makes some line, lineup tweaks and can maybe get some bigger point totals going forward. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys both said, to be honest with you. I think what stands out to me is Murray obviously going off. Both, I think both guys have two inevitables. One's Kyler Murray for Kyle, and the other one is Christian McCaffrey for Clayton. And I feel like if you're going to be stretched and if you're going to hold on to that number one spot, you can't have four guys being in the single digits. You just can't. So, yeah, on that. Yeah. That, that, that's a good point. And, I mean – I can't believe I've gone all this time without saying anything bad about stretch, but like, God, 
Man, Clayton, come on, man. Five points, six points, eight points, seven points, and he still manages to put up 134. He's pop guys for stretch. Just kind of pissing me off, but he moves to 2-0. He continues to stake his claim as the defending champion, trying to prove it to the rest of the league the respect he deserves. Let's go on to the next matchup. We had Zach and Cooking Up More taking on Steven in Mount Passmore. Moving into this matchup, you got Zach and Cooking Up More with a point total of 183.12. That's, that's a, a boom right there. Went a bit nuclear. I'll get into that in a second. The Steven and Mount Passmore is 117.04. Really, you got to look at two guys for Mr. Welch's team. Aaron Jones and Tyler Lockett, please have mercy. Good Lord. Uh, Tyler Lockett with a 31 piece. Aaron Jones with a 41 on Monday Night Football. That was crazy. It just seemed like just reload touchdown every single time, all all the way down the field. It was crazy for him. So uh, he traded, I think, for both of these guys in the offseason, if I'm not mistaken. And so these trades are looking pretty good for Zach. As much as I hate to say it, uh, you still suck. Don't get cocky. Um, (laughs) And then starting Rondell Moore, I'm going to say that was pretty unconventional. I feel like he wasn't really proven in, you know, to earn a flex spot, but damn, did that work out for him? 23 points paid off in a huge way. Uh, When we go to Steven's team, uh, dude, CEH kind of sucks. Do I do I um, do I press the button? Do I press the button here? Ah, uh, you might you might need to. Yeah. Are we panicking yeah. on CEH, uh, man? <laughs> I'm panicking. I'm panicking. What's going on with KC, man? I mean, first of all, the point was uh thrown out there this week, and I heard this for the first time, and I was like, is this actually a stat? Uh CEH fumbled this past weekend for the first time in like two years he didn't Gosh. fumble his whole senior year of college and then he also didn't fumble last year as a rookie so it's gotta make me think that maybe there's some mental stuff going on because he's just not as big of a factor with that first round pedigree i don't know why they're not utilizing him more in the passing game just with even rushing attempts it's really it's mind-boggling to me. You literally, um, you literally drafted him to be a pass-catching running back. Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know Antonio Gibson. Try to think of other running backs that went in that class. Those are all better natural pure runners than Ceh's. So you bring him in to be a pass catcher and three targets week one, zero targets week two. Like what are what are we doing? He's playing a bulk of the snaps. It's like I know I traded him away and I should be happy, but as a guy who drafted him and trusted him, I'm frustrated to even watch this. Like he should be the man. It's just kind of frustrating to watch. I agree. And I mean, yeah, he gave up a lot to get him and be that mainstay as a, you know, at least an RB two, but I mean, 1.6 points in a game, in a game where Kansas city scored 35 points. It's just currently RB 49 on the year. Yeah. Who? Yeah. So, (laughs) Who Steven Steven's got to figure that out in a hurry. Um, that second RB spot, uh, because it doesn't get any easier from here. George Kittle scoring 4.7, AJ Brown scoring 7.3. I mean, those guys are studs. You expect them to have better outputs than that for sure. Stefan Diggs, you know, he had a decent game with 16, but uh, 
it's kind of interesting that Mike Williams, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, has been the most consistent guy on Steven's roster outside of Tom Brady. He's had 20 so plus points. Every, I like Mike. Every I like, week. I like that. He's good. Yeah. And so, uh, AJ Brown, I mean, I understand he had a lot of targets and he had some drops, so he'll he'll get it improved. I think there's better days ahead for some of these mainstays in Steven's lineup, but Jarvis Landry getting hurt, that's a big uh that's big, dude. Big, big that's factor. Because big. big factor. One of the biggest things about Steven's team was okay, let's look at his depth here. I gave Jarvis Landry a lot of shit, rightfully so. I'm behind that. But you go down there now, it's like are you gonna start a Jacksonville James Robinson, Urban Meyer influenced? You got one of the two heads in Tampa Bay with Fournette. You got a committee guy in Murray. I mean, Henry Ruggs, he's going to get you two and then 22 like he did. It's like, yeah, you, you, that last flex spot with Jarvis Landry going down, I think hurts him a lot. And you combine that with CEH's struggles. I This was a bad week for Steven. Steven knows I love the guy, but it was, it was a rough week for him for me. Yeah. I'll say this this week right here makes me think I see on on Zach's team, I see Aaron Jones, stud, Tyler Lockett, stud. This game makes me think, did Zach win the offseason? I mean, by a mile That's away. A good point. That's a good point. Because he made those trades for both of those guys. Who in their right minds decided to give Zach those two guys? And I look at Steven on the other side, Tom Brady. He put up 40. He's older than 40, and he's still putting up 40. <laughs> and what's impressive is that Steven has Herbert on his bench. That way, I mean, it's dynasty. We're always thinking about the future. Eventually, Herbert's going to retire, and he'll still have Tom Brady to play and still put up 40 <laughs> points, and that's incredible, I think. <laughs> good for him. Yes, yes, that's a good point. Brady never dies. Freaking five touchdowns, I swear. I, I'm, yeah. I'm over here like a – 25 year old dude sitting in my bedroom <laughs> talking about 45 year old dude that can still kick my ass you know it's kind of kind of kind of bum but uh yes zach zach demolishes steven to go to one and one steven falls to zero and two and zach does it with the fifth highest point total in league history 183 to 117 congrats to sir cooking up more we go up to the next matchup we had your boy Team Fairlife and Chris taking on Tim. And for my Hamilton fans out there, welcome, folks, to the Mixon administration. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so we got uh, a much better week, I would say, for Team Fairlife. I think Chris is thinking that his team is uh, a little bit more formidable after week two as opposed to week one. Uh, as you guys know, he did the infamous Belichick move last week. Hey, we're just moving on to week two. Focused. I think that was a good move for him because I knew he wasn't as bad as he showed week one, and and, and he proved it here. Um, he wins 141.76 to the Mixon administration and Tim's 87.28, which Woof. was the lowest lowest point total of the week and the only team to not eclipse 100. Um, <clears throat> Tim's team just didn't show up. I, I don't. I don't know what happened. I mean, Dak with a 6.48, you thought that that game would be just fireworks left and right against the Chargers. That game bit uh, a lot of people in the butt. Like, yeah, I know a lot yeah, of, like, so, daily fantasy that was like, stack that game, it's going to, you know, demolish the over. That game kind of mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> it did. It did, yeah. Uh, and the Chargers had so many opportunities to win, 
Um, but they just had so many penalties. They lead the league in penalty yardage. Uh, so they just bit themselves in the foot. Uh, Gibson, Antonio Gibson, man, he's been a bit of a letdown the last two weeks. 9.3 this week. Joe Mixon had only 8.1. Uh, those totals really won't get it done. And it's just got to be frustrating for Tim because I feel like on paper, his team is much better than this. He should have been competing with you for the, you know, that 140 point total all day, uh, especially with even those three guys, if they just output what they normally should. Metcalf and Waller, I think, is also something to point out. They were both held to around 10 points. I think Metcalf is really overdue, uh, but he should bounce back. He's too talented not to. Lockett's been getting a lot of the love. I think the teams will probably shut that down to an extent, and hopefully that allows DJ Metcalf to – or DK, I should say. Sorry. Uh, hopefully that allows him to get open down the field. Um, I think it's just an off week for Tim. I don't think he, he should focus on this too much. He still has a really strong team going forward. I, I think this is just, you know, a really bad week for him. On the opposite end, though, for Team Fairlife. Say his name. Michael Pittman on the bench. Michael Pittman! He breaks out in a big way against the Rams, over 20 points. Uh, So I thought, you know, maybe that could hurt him, but it ended up not really mattering. Uh, Strong outputs across the board. Zeke bounces back with a 17. Ridley, Hawkinson, and more. They all float around 20 points. I think you'll take that every day. I think that's what you about what you would expect. Um, Pat's D low key, I think, was a factor getting 16 points compared to Tim's zero. Uh, big advantage to Chris there. So, uh, you know, I Chris, you bounced back. I think uh, you showed that uh, you're way more competitive than uh, what you put out on week one. And um, yeah, you just got it done against uh, against Tim. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd say so. One, one thing I kind of like is. I kind of feel like a lot of the times, especially last year, I fell victim to the, the stretch syndrome is what I'll call it, which is a, I'll have, you know, two or three guys go off. You know, I had Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley going off almost every week last year. And it's like the rest of my team's kind of ass, <laughs> but uh, really encouraging to see just a really even spread of points. Just everybody kind of doing their job and doing it well. And I'm still expecting, you know, haven't had that Josh Allen blow up game yet. Uh, Calvin Ridley's still coming around. TJ Hawkinson's looking like a a god right now. Number three tight end in fantasy. Love it. That's a very big upgrade from my, you know, Hayden Hurst, Johnny Smith, Cole Komet rotation last year. That's kind of nasty. And I mean, we'll get to it later. But when it comes to Tim, I had a really hard time moving him down in the power rankings because kind of what you said was it was just a funky week. Like it was kind of nasty. And (laughs) it was. I mean, I won't hamper on it too much more because you already have, but he's got a lot of good players in there. I mean, even his bench was kind of gross. His team as a whole just decided to take the week off, and I do not think this is in any way, shape, or form a true picture of his team. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Agreed. All right. So, Team Fairlife takes the win, 141-87. to Chris moves to 1-1. and Tim falls to one and one as well, going into that one and one pot. That's going to be so intriguing going into next week. The next game we had, uh, all right, you two. All right, you two. Hey, calm down. Calm down. All right. This was a close game. It was a close game. Um, We had Aaron and let Russ Cook taking on Anthony for the crown of the Cadoba, or excuse me, the crown of the Chipotle division. 
is what it seemed like. And I, t- t- Derek Henry, holy shit. Like what, what was that? Oh my, it's not even, it's not even November yet. Like, what do you, what do you mean? 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. And you know, what's even scary, scarier, the two minute drill at the end of the game, Derek Henry, they're checking it down to the man. Just, oh, just get six catches for 55 yards and just bear, like, if, if he starts <laughs> pass catching, oh my God, <laughs> like this guy's stupid. He's so dumb. Um, I, I, I just feel bad for Aaron. I mean, you did not have a bad week by any means. Uh, we'll get into you more a little later, but still on Anthony. And just to put the icing on the cake, I mean, even if Derrick Henry would have had a decent game, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 20 points, he still would have beaten Aaron fairly comfortably because of 34 points from Lamar Jackson, 23 points from Travis Kelsey. He's inevitable. Justin Jefferson did his thing. He still put up 181 points. And with Corey Davis in his starting lineup, putting up a whopping three points because Zach Wilson sucks at football. So uh, just a hell of a week by Anthony stays undefeated. I think this was it was you had similar games last year. I don't think it was this early on. You kind of started out slow last year, if I remember correctly. But uh, you you just reminded people like, hey, hey, sons of bitches, who was in the championship game last year? It was this guy. And that this this game just showed that man. I mean, Jesus Cristo, man! You even got a little like sexy, cute little Sterling Shepherd on your bench. You know, it's it's looking good. And you got to remember, he's doing all this without Travis Etienne, who he basically gave a first round pick for. So, unfortunately for you, he's not coming back. But um, still, that just tells you what his team could be. When you look at Harrington, um, again, not not a terrible performance but not what you expect from somebody who's in the topper echelon. I did it again. Holy crap. Topper echelon. That's correct noise. Um, upper echelon <laughs> of the league. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, 27 points. He's continuing his hot start. Devontae Adams bounces back, but the week Devontae Adams bounces back. Tyreek Hill puts up a dud. It's going to be really hard for me to see you getting into the 140s, 150s without those guys because I'll be honest – the running backs on your squad are starting to concern me a bit. I mean, obviously, Austin Eckler and Najee Harris had great weeks. Najee Harris really saved himself towards the end with the with those catches and touchdowns. Um, but, I mean, outside of those two guys, you have Kareem Hunt, and then you're looking at, you know, Damian Williams and Larry Roundtree. So uh, that's that's very concerning for me. It's like you had like two stud running backs go on IRs from the same team or something like that doesn't happen. But uh, <laughs> yeah, out, outside of those guys, I think you really, really need to lean on Tyree kill and Devontae Adams, which are two fantastic guys to lean on um, because the rest of the, the rest of the squads looking a little light for me. I think I definitely still think you are a, you know, upper echelon team in the league. No doubt about it. But uh you didn't necessarily get exposed this week just because Anthony went freaking nuclear. But uh, I think they're starting to maybe see some, see a little, see a little bit of wobbliness in, in what was the preseason number one. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, just, yeah, kudos to Anthony. Uh, I mean, his team just went absolutely nuclear. And it was pretty funny because we were texting each other most of the weekend, just, when stuff was happening and he was even like 
dude, I have no words when it was talking about, you know, just Derrick Henry and just, I mean, he just went off, you know, it was just crazy. Uh, Halftime hit and the Yeti took over in him. He just, I don't know, man, I don't know what happened, but a 47 uh, and then you got a Lamar Jackson 34 in Sunday night football. I mean, that's, that's going to, that's probably going to win you a week, especially when you had such consistency across the board, like you already mentioned. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think, you know, and I, I said this going into it on the pod, I'm, I'm scared of Anthony's team just because of the ability for him to explode at any point in time, just because of the pieces he has. Um, and, you know, my team, I think has that ability, but it just is so reliant on Tyreek and Devonte. I feel like with Anthony's team, it could be Lamar Jackson. It could be Travis Kelsey. It could be Derrick Henry. I mean, he's just got maybe two or three other guys that could possibly go off in that way. And I really, I just don't think I have that. I mean, Russell Wilson, maybe you could argue that possibly, but he just doesn't have as much passing volume. He's more of an efficient passer just based off of the Seahawks offense. So um, I would say I'm a little concerned. I am just, I, I think that losing two running backs on the same team, you know, I had the coverage in Gus Edwards. He gets hurt also. I was really leaning on them being a fixture in my starting lineup to keep me competitive because I really thought that, you know, the Ravens running attack would be amazing this year. And Lamar Jackson, by the way, is the third uh, highest rushing yardage in the league. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, which is crazy. Um, So you just imagine if J.K. or Gus was healthy, but um, you can't do that. You can't think about the past. Got to just keep moving forward. And I just got to figure out that other spot. Um, but six points from Kareem Hunt ain't going to do it. All right, Anthony, uh, floor is yours, sir. Uh, take take your lap. You just hit a homer. How slow are you going to be walking around <laughs> the bases, man? Ant- Aaron is right there. You can see his face. Just just no. railing. No yes. I I mean, if you asked me if Derrick Henry was going to go for a 50-burger, I would have thought probably not. What I'll month is it? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and – I mean, Lamar, Lamar showed out He's on fast. Sunday night. He's really fast. He's just he one of those guys run. that looks faster than everybody else on the field. Like when he runs, yeah. it's like he's so fast. And like, I've been thinking too, I mean, Aaron, I thought this game was going to be much, much closer, 100% than what obviously happened. I know Tyreek Hill, he's not going to put up 5.9 points every week. Hopefully, that's maybe the lowest game of Tyreek's season at this point, to be honest with you. When I look at my team, I mean, I feel like I have guys that I'm going to have to start every single week. I'm always going to start Lamar. I'm always going to start Derrick Henry. I'm always going to start Travis Kelsey and Jefferson. And I feel like it's really always going to come down for if those guys don't perform for me. It's always going to be my final flex spot because Corey Davis it's not Corey's fault necessarily because Zach Wilson shit the bed Fred right there. <laughs> but I mean, I'm always going to have to play around with my final flex spot on my roster at the end of the day, probably a good problem to have. Absolutely. But I don't know, man. I mean, Lamar, I've wondered, I mean, Aaron got hit with the injury bug before the season started, I wonder if that is going to pay dividends for Lamar as this season goes along for me, just because they're going to have, Hey, you got a running back at quarterback. So you just lost two of your running backs. So 
I don't know. Maybe it's more opportunities for, for Lamar. We'll see. But I feel good. Don't get me wrong. I feel great. As you should, dude. Your team is your team's impressive, man. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so Anthony wins that matchup, 181 to 133. He moves to 2-0. and One of the two undefeated teams remaining. Aaron falls to 1-1, one and one, looking to rebound lat, uh, next week. And this was the preview game of the week uh, whenever we were doing previews last week. Now let's move on to the actual game of the week. And boy, oh boy. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, your game of the week was the most unexpected piece of shit you will ever see in your life. (laughs) It was between the 10th ranked in the power rankings Team Don Perignon taking on the ninth-ranked team in the power rankings. Hayden and Country Roads take Mahomes. And ladies and gentlemen, this game came down to Monday night football. Don needed a whopping 34.32 points from the Aaron Rodgers, the bum, the washed up after week one. No way he's scoring 34 points, right? Wrong. You're right. He scores 34.32 points. And, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. He scores, how much did he score? He scored 34.8 points out of 34.32 points needed. And ladies and gentlemen, this game, as every game of the week should be, had no shortage of drama. The second to last drive of the game, bang, Aaron Rodgers, five-yard completion, gets the points to put Don up by .48 points. Nothing can stop him. He's not throwing any picks. The Lions are driving. I really needed them to tow or score a touchdown for the uh, for to cover, but screw Jared Goff and my $20, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, but then they turn it over. Green Bay gets the ball back. Aaron is the first person in the text to, or in the text group to say, they're going to kneel it. They're going to kneel it. They're going to lose the yardage. Aaron Rodgers is going to lose some yards and lose Dawn this game. And they huddle up, and they get in the victory formation, and he takes a knee. Jordan Love. Jordan Love takes the freaking knee, loses four yards in two plays, which would have lost Aaron Rodgers .4 points. And the game for Don. You can't make this stuff up, man. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, Don escapes by the skin of his teeth, 152 to 151.52. Highest scoring game of the week. Aaron said last week, well, whoever gets to 100 points first might win this thing. That happened very quickly, very quickly. Terry McLaurin on Thursday Night Football came out firing for Dom for 27 points. And then at the afternoon games before even the 4 o'clock games, you got Cooper Cup for Hayden, 36 points you got Patrick Mahomes Sunday night 30 points probably thought he iced that game by that time going up into Monday night football with Aaron needing about 35 points um yeah this really was this really was the game of the week it's not even close Don Mr. Who Needs 50 Fab Elijah Mitchell (laughs) in your lineup whenever you can start you know Jacoby Myers and Damian Harris uh, but that ended up being the right call. Elijah Mitchell, only 7.3 points. And when you have a game this close, that call might have won you the game. So, Don, shout out to you, man. You deserved it this week. Came down to the wire. Um, 
I guess what the question I will pose to the two of you, both teams, fantastic performances. Are either of these teams like good? Uh, I mean, both of them outscored most of the league this week. So is there any sign of hope for either of these guys? They would have beat six out of the ten I know, teams dude. in the league. I know, man. I mean, Both that's of not them. something to, you know. It, also, uh, if I'm Don, I am getting my credit card. I am hitting 65 North. I might get a damn Wisconsin driver's license while I'm up there, and I'm going to Dick's Sporting Goods and buying the next Jordan Love jersey that's available. <laughs> by God, Jordan Love saved Don. He did. I had no idea where that was going. <laughs> I was following so hard. I was like, why is he going to a dicks? Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, that's true. That's true. I'm in promo mode. Sorry. Right. I know. Um, I, I, I will answer this question. Hayden. I'm sorry. No, because I, I, whenever, whenever I was looking at this, I was like, okay, who were like the two or three guys that exploded on both sides that got them up to here. Hayden has 30 from Patrick Mahomes and 36 from Cooper cup. Yeast Jesus. Um, those are like his two big guys I think really propelled him. But when you look Wide at Don, right, yay. Hey, Robert Woods, man, he's still hanging out. All right. Cooper Cup, have all your fun, but just share some touchdowns. That's all I ask. But uh, but then you look at Don. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, okay, yeah, your quarterback can get you over 30 points any given week, sure. But like Brandon Cooks, that's wide receiver 11 in fantasy football right now, by the way. Brandon Cooks to you. 22 points. Terry McLaurin, 27 points. Juju, 16. Damian, 13. And then you look at his bench, man. He had the wide receiver bench of the week. Marquise Hollywood Brown, 23 points. He had, a who the hell is KJ Osborne with the Vikings? Two straight great weeks for him. He put up 20 down there. Uh, he had the running back bench of the week. Tony Pollard, good luck getting that again. But still, that's a thing. Dallas is feeding him the ball. Don's got some pieces. I'm not saying and no by any means he's, you know, a top five, even six team, but you know, maybe by come the end of the year, weak division, you know, maybe maybe flirting with playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Hayden is still kind of down bad to me, but Don, you never know. That that that's my take. Uh I hate to burst the bubble of either of these guys. First of all, want to stay positive, at least at the initial recap of this. Great weeks for both of them. Uh, Aaron Rodgers bouncing back in a huge way. Patrick Mahomes, that's what we need to see. 30 points from him, 25 at a minimum per week with just how they utilize him in KC. And then Brandon Cooks, you already mentioned. Uh, shout out Cortland Sutton, right? Yeah, 24.9. Uh, I mean, I think the Jerry Judy injury, uh, he's going to be out for probably another four to six weeks. Look out for Cortland Sutton. I, I've always been a fan of Cortland Sutton's talent. It's really just been a matter of the opportunity and getting the targets. And 12 targets, man, that'll do it. Uh, that'll do, and donkey, then you also, That'll do. Yeah, that'll do, donkey. Uh, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, 27, right? Cooper Cup went nuclear. But I think you got to look into the fine print a little bit here. And I think there's a bit of smoke and mirrors with both teams. First of all, the Tampa Bay defense and Chicago defense combined for 40 points. Um, that's good. That's point. not probably, that's probably not going to happen most weeks. Uh, that's going to cover over a multitude of uh, 
low point totals. I mean, their tight end position was abysmal. Tyler Higby, 1.8. Cole Komet, (laughs) 1.0. I didn't even notice that. Holy crap. Uh, I mean, I mean, that, that is absolutely, you might as well just not play a tight end at that point. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that's going to be a problem all season long. looks like Higby's not what we thought he was going to be. I mean, Hayden's been looking for a tight end, I think, since we started this league. Um, so I think that's going to be a problem. Juju Smith-Schuster, he gets lost in the fog a lot, I feel like, in, in Pittsburgh. And the Steelers' deep, or offense really just sucks. And I'm saying that with as a Najee Harris owner. Like, I'm very scared for the prospects of any Pittsburgh Steeler offensive player. Um, Jonathan Taylor bounced back. Ronald Jones is going to continue to suck uh, for fantasy purposes. So, yeah, uh, it's it was a nice week. They had some guys that popped off. And I think, I mean, between the two, the the receiving core of Robinson Cup and Cortland Sutton going forward for Hayden, I think will carry him higher than maybe what Don has to offer. But the depth for both of them really sucks, too. So uh, great week for them. But my outlook doesn't change much. Yeah. I'd I'd agree, to be honest. I think the depth is the question mark there. I think if this week proves you proves the whole league anything, is that they're still, I mean, the people that's on their roster, they still play football. So they're still professional football players in there. And if any of the rest of the league catches them on an off week, I mean, Don and Hayden could be some real they could they could ruin some people's seasons, to be honest, if you catch them on a bad week. So oh yeah. Just the, the the playoff hope wreckers. Oh, those are always yes. fan favorites, man. Yes. All right. Well, Don takes the game of the week. God, I did not think I'd be saying this. Don takes the game <laughs> of the week. One fifty two to one fifty one point five two. Closest margin of the week. Obviously, Don moves to one and one. He's hot. Would hate to play him next week. <laughs> Screw that guy. Yeah, we'll see who that is. Um, and then uh, Hayden stays down in the dumps. Oh, and two. You gave it everything you had, man. But sometimes it's just not enough. That was your week to review some great games. Each week just gets more important from here on out. So let's see where people felt. Uh, whoa, whoa. <clears throat> Another seizure. <sighs> let's see where people stand heading in to week three. Honestly, we're kind of pieces of crap because we haven't even acknowledged Tim's absence. Tim, I'm sorry. Uh, He's still down (laughs) in Florida with his new wife doing things that newlywed couples do. Congrats on that. Uh, So he's chilling. But he was still able to give some input on the power rankings this week. And then we had Anthony coming in, bringing a fresh fresh perspective. And uh, there are a couple discrepancies as we go through this that I'll point out. But I'm the one who calculated them this week, so I get to see what they are. Aaron and Tony get to have the live reactions. So here we go. Let's just get into it, starting from the bottom. At number 10, almost heaven for this team last week. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah Rivers. Country roads take Mahomes. Coming in at number 10 on the power rankings. Uh, I think that was to be expected. Number nine, the Red Rocket Clayton at number nine this week. Coming off a tough loss against a stretch where, honestly, he didn't even perform that well in the first place. 
So maybe deservedly so, the Red Rocket Clayton at number nine. At number eight, climbing up two spots is Team Don Perignon. After that great performance, climbing up from last place to eighth. Uh, congrats to that. And then uh, we had a gap, quite a big gap in the calculations. So I think we have like that kind of like that bottom tier there. And then at number uh, seven, this kind of surprised me a little bit. Number seven, we have Mount Passmore and Steven. 0-2 to start the year. Um, we already talked about his concerns with CEH and Jarvis Landry going down. Uh, only 117 points last week. He's in at number seven. And then there's a kind of another tier break. So Steven's kind of in his own area. And then we go up to the number six team on the week. That is your boy. Team Fairlife, led by Michael Pittman Jr. himself, at number six, uh, stay in place from last week. At number five, ooh, number five, we had somebody fall two spots, and that is Let Russ Cook, Aaron, at number five. Um, I think I think this is more of the teams above you than it is you. I mean, like I said, you had a solid week, but you just ran into a freaking Derrick Henry freight train, so... Uh, Aaron down there at number five at number four up three spots from seventh last week finally getting the respect he deserves that means he's about to lay an egg next week that is cooking up more (laughs) and Zach Welch at number four after a 183 point explosion last week at number three it's kind of surprising to me really really late a dud this past week but I think we can all agree that that week had to be just an anomaly Number three, welcome folks to the Mixed Administration uh, going down one spot from number two last week. Number two, who baby. You got a nosebleed, Anthony? You good up? You good way up there, dog? I'm about to pass out. I'm good. You good, good man? Up three spots from fifth last week. Number two, team uninspired youth. After their Derrick Henry demolition of Aaron gets the number two spot. And while he did not have the most impressive week, this dude is just going to win and piss everybody off, especially guys named Chris. Super Camario at stretch for the second straight week at number one. So, Aaron down there at five. Anthony at two. Myself at six. And you heard the rest of them. What's, what's some media reactions from you guys here? I personally, I didn't think I was going to be two. I started at seven. Week one, started seven. Last week, I was five. I was honestly expecting myself to be three. That's kind of the vibe I was at. I I figured at least top three, but I figured three. Aaron surprises me. I had Aaron higher. Um, I had Aaron actually in the number two spot. Uh, I had Kyle, Aaron, me. No, I had Kyle, Zach, me, and then Aaron. My bad. Yep. But still, I definitely had Aaron higher and Zach higher. Um, that's my immediate takeaway. Yeah. Out of out of the four rankers, four or Stretch and Super Camario had three first place votes, and uh, Aaron put you at number one, Anthony, on his ranking. So that definitely helped you out there. And for for the record, me and Tim both had you at number two, Anthony. So we we are believers, man. This this past week, you just kind of came out and said, "Everybody, shut the hell up and let me do me." You're going to prove the doubters wrong, man. I started out 0-3 last year. You did. Got a chip on my shoulder, man. You did. Aaron, you you good down there, man? I don't really hear nothing. Uh, Well, I think 
for honestly, number five for me is appropriate. Uh, I am nervous for my team. Uh, Najee in that Pittsburgh offense, I got to watch some of that game, did not look good <laughs> uh, at all. And I think I just underestimated maybe like how much the offensive line would play a factor into Najee's total. I mean, if he did not get those receptions towards the end of the game to where he get a touchdown. Uh, I mean, the rushing was not there. It's not been there the last couple of weeks. Um, so I just, I'm top heavy, man. I, I'm top heavy. Uh, I was relying on some guys to hit like DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson, guys like that coming into this season. They're just not performing. Kareem Hunt shares a backfield and, and then the injuries I think really hurt me. So I think I go from a team that, uh, week in and week out was probably looking to be a championship, you know, contender to it's probably going to make the playoffs still, but it's going to be a tougher road for me. Um, and I'm probably going to be in that middle pack for most of the season. It's just kind of, that's the trend I'm, I'm thinking is going to take place. So uh, yeah, a little concerned about my team, but with Anthony, man, I, yeah, put him number one for a reason. I think uh, he's got the uh, star power and I mean, CD lamb, Justin Jefferson, just all those guys. And you had Devontae Smith on your bench. Like you could probably start him by the end of the season. We're not even talking about him and he's like so talented. So uh, I think depth will be fine. And uh, yeah, for you, Chris, hopefully uh, you're kind of in the same boat, I think as me in some regard, but if Saquon can turn it on, well, damn, I mean, your, your outlook changes greatly. So. Yeah, a lot riding on Saquon's knees, which is not something you want to hear. So, all right. Well, there's your power rankings. Anthony, Stretch, the two champions or the two finalists from last year reigning at the top, making us look really dumb in the preseason. But uh, you did that last year too. So let's get on to some week three previews. Week three. Um, I think that's about the time. After week three, you know, you can start identifying some trends. Who's doing good? Who's doing bad? Who's making you cry? Who's making you glad? You know, I'm dropping bars over here. Um, so <laughs> we're going to burn through these real quick. Uh, the first one, we got a matchup between two one and one teams that are currently both coming off of losses. We are talking about Aaron and let Russ Cook take in on Clayton and the Red Rocket Sleeper. As the lineup stand currently has Aaron with a 65% chance of victory, and I think they got that about right. Um, Clayton should be having a freaking heart attack with that questionable tag on Christian McAfee right now. They're saying he should be all good to go, but whenever you rely on an individual that much, that's going to make you a little nervous, especially considering it's a Thursday game. You might want to try to get that right. Have any confidence that you can in that. But uh, outside of that, uh, I'm, I'm taking Aaron this week. Um, I'm loving the Darnell Mooney insert in there right now. <laughs> Aaron was a big Darnell Mooney guy coming to the beginning of the year, and I think he's going to take care of business at Cleveland. They've shown they can be thrown on by Terod Taylor. So let's hope that uh, Justin Fields and or Andy Dalton can get it done there. Clayton seems to be coming to his senses a little bit, starting Rob Gronkowski as it currently stands, and he's going to be hoping that Kenny Galladay can kind of get on the horse a little bit and Mike Davis can take care of a vulnerable Giants defense. And, of course, 
Ryan Tannehill, starting quarterbacks against the Colts, seems to be a good sign these days. He's coming. Uh, he's at home against the Colts, and I think he'll take care of it there. But, um, yeah, Austin Eckler taking on Kansas City. Najee taking on Cincinnati. Loving these matchups. I'm taking Aaron rather comfortably, actually. Uh, I think he comes out and he reestablishes that, hey, don't forget about me. All right, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, both easily go for over 20, and I think Aaron takes care of business. Yeah, I have me in this matchup as well. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is always scary, especially, you know, get to see him early on the Thursday night slate. Uh, But I think if he's held in check, which holding him in check would mean like 20 to 25, uh, then I think I'm smooth sailing this week. Uh, I think I just, I got a little bit too much firepower that uh, Clayton won't be able to handle. Unless, you know, there's some surprises like Gronkowski going off again. Maybe Galladay gets going, but I really just don't see it. And I think this is the Kyle Pitts week to just blow up, especially against the Giants. Uh, He went for 12 points last week. I'm looking for a 20-piece from Kyle Pitts this week. I love it. There you go. I'm also taking Aaron if I'm allowed to jump in as well. But I agree. I think – and everything Aaron said and Chris said is really hit the nail on the head. Aaron should win comfortably. God forbid somebody drops a goose egg on Aaron's team, or there is an absolute explosion from McCaffrey or Galladay, or we're seeing Rob Gronkowski get the start for Clayton. Let's I go. Mean, oh, we'll, see. we'll see. But I love it. All right. Yeah. So all three of us are taking. Aaron in that matchup, big bounce back opportunity for him this week. Get back to his winning ways. So the next matchup, we got the battle. You know what? I'm basically, this is the closest thing you're going to get almost to a civil war. Why do you say that, Chris? Because we got the battle of the light skins this week, baby. (laughs) Your boy, Team Fairlife, Chris, taking on on cloud nine. Dawn coming off a win. From the game of the week. That we do. So, yeah, Team Fairlife and Chris Mitchum, uh, his point total is estimated to be 147.61 to Don Perignon, Don McCraig's 124.04. Sleeper says 79% chance of victory for Team Fairlife before even a point is scored. That's the highest I've seen in a long time. Wow. Well, actually, we'll get to even higher than that uh, shortly. Um, oh but- my God! I just saw it. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, so I I won't see I won't see your thunder there. But staying on this matchup, um, I think it you know sleeper the probability it makes sense, right? You just look across the board here, Saquon. Okay, week three, let's get it rolling. Let's see the Saquon. Let's get him the volume he deserves. I think against Atlanta, that's the opportunity to do that. Uh, the matchups at receiver for you, Chris, uh, Calvin Ridley against the Giants, DJ Moore on Thursday night against Houston, uh, Bobby Woods. They're going to have to pass against Tampa Bay. Dallas proved that that can happen. So I think uh, you're going to win soundly here. And this is, I think, going to be a theme, especially early in the season. When you play anyone of Clayton, Hayden, Don, possibly Steven could get in there depending on 
how the impact of Jarvis Landry's injury impacts his team and CEH not really getting going. Those got to be games where you, you got to win those. You have to take care of business one way or the other. Yes, because if Dad. you lose to those guys, then I think uh, that's going to be a detriment to playoff seeding going forward when we get to the latter portion of the season. So, uh, Chris, I think you take care of business. I think Josh Allen shows out and you win pretty easily. I'd agree. I think I like Chris's team a lot this week, to be honest with you. Uh, I think Josh Allen, Josh Allen's due for that 30, 40 monster Amen, game. Brother. We know it's all coming. Unleash He's the a ticking time bomb. Unleash and him. I, I think that Montgomery, I mean, he had 10 points last week. He's going to do better. Now, granted, Cleveland is a good defense, so we'll see. Saquon, this is the week for Saquon for sure. And Hawkinson, I like Hawkinson as a tight end. I think he might be Jared Goff's favorite target, especially in a brand new offense right now. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Loving that Hawk, loving that Hawk trade. Um, and I, this is going to be a huge week. Like if, if you want to watch anything this week to determine really the upper, you know, the top echelon of this league, I Saquon this week is going to show so much. Like, obviously my big thing last year was if I only had Saquon, right? Like if I had that top five, mm-hmm. top three guy, you know, I could have won a lot of those games, turned a lot of those L's into W's. It's he's coming off a long week facing a vulnerable Atlanta defense. Like if he doesn't break out this week, man, I'm, I'm going, I'm panicking a little bit. I think I win. Don't get me wrong. But uh, if, if you, if you want to watch anything this week, I think, Saquon's performance can tell a lot about just this league uh, going forward. And I, that's honestly not an exaggeration. I think his, his performance this week is going to say a lot. So um, we will go on to the next matchup. We all pick your boy. Tim actually doesn't have his picks in yet, but we will keep those updated. Um, the next one, man, this one's, this one sounds sexy, but I feel like it's kind of gross. Sleeper has 50-50 shot to win on both sides, but the funny thing is one team is 0-2, one team is 2-0. And yes, I am talking about Steven and Mount Passmore taking on number one in the power rankings, Stretch and Super Camario. I don't know why I keep previewing Stretch's games because he keeps proving me wrong and you think I would learn my lesson, but like I just I just don't like his team. Like he's starting Marvin Jones and James White, like how are you supposed to like that? I don't, I don't know. And of course, yeah, he's probably going to get 40 from Murray and 30 from Kamara and call it a day and just wipe the floor with Steven. But uh, if there's anything, Kamara taking on New England, James White taking on a tough New Orleans defense, Amari Cooper walking in with that questionable tag. You know, the latest reports that the Cowboys are hopeful he'll be ready. Um, and you know, then you got I mean, Marvin Jones, you know, and Mike Evans, is he going to be, you know, shadowed by Jalen Ramsey? They like to do that. So if there's any week that I think Steven can really try to capitalize on this, you know, a must start from James White, a questionable tag from Amari Cooper, tough matchup for Mike Evans. I think it's going to be this week. And what better way to get off the schneid, get your first win than taking down the number one in the power rankings. And uh, you also look at the matchups over there and they're not fantastic you got Stefan Diggs taking on the Washington football team um, that's a tough matchup their secondary really showed out last week 
And then um, James Robinson and, you know, Nick Chubb, he, he's he's inevitable. Uh, and he's starting Leonard Fournette. Just uh, I'm, I'm taking Steven this week. Um, this matchup, I feel like this matchup's either going to be like the highest scoring one in the week or just a really <laughs> nasty, a really nasty game. But I'm actually Train taking wreck. Steven here. No big surprise. You know, we, we rarely break this out anymore. Because he doesn't even have the best quarterback death in the league anymore, I feel like. But, uh, you know, he's got the Deshaun, I like women on the bench, uh, Justin Herbert cooking on the Chiefs, and he got Trey Lance. So would you start Would you start Brady at the Rams or Herbert at the Chiefs? Huh? Huh? Uh-huh. I'm going to go Tom Brady. I'm going to go Brady. Easy. I'd go Brady, too. He's all reliable, especially coming off a big week last week. He's just so comfortable. Yeah, he is. I old. mean, I know it's the Rams, but he's just like, he's so fluid at 44 freaking years old. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I no. I am taking Steven. I, I think the upset happens. I think he gets off the schneid. Uh, I think he's too good to go 0-3. I'm taking Steven. Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, initially I said stretch, but then I saw who he's starting and I've doubted stretch before with these types of lineups. I just, I just can't bring myself to say, thank you. Yes. <laughs> he's going to win this based off of the lineup he puts out there. Now stretch, you could very much win this game. You have the capability with Kyler Murray. If he just goes off again for 40, which is not, Unlike Kyler to do, Kamara to get 30, and then Debo to randomly get a 40, because why not? Uh, that could very, very well happen. But Amari Cooper's questionable. And James White, Marvin Jones, you know, I mean, it's up in the air, but he's got to prove it again. And then you look at Steven's team. I think Stephon Diggs is due. A.J. Brown is due. George Kittle is due. Mike Williams, been there, done that. I mean, he's got a lot of rapport with Justin Herbert. Uh, I think he's going to show out against Kansas City. They're going to have to throw the ball to keep up. One notable thing, though, for Steven's team, he's benching CEH, which is interesting. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Uh, Yeah. Oh, baby. So that's got to just really be painful for Steven. He gave up Hawkinson a first and a second, and he's benching that player that he got that oh that hurts ouch yeah yeah he's putting Fournette in there instead so uh yeah I guess the concerns are valid even from Steven's point of view for CH but nonetheless I think a lot of the guys that he has in there are too talented to not produce I think he gets it done albeit it's not going to be easy I think the safer option this week is Steven I think when you look at Steven's team top to bottom he has more consistency. And then when I look at Kyle's team, like Aaron said, Kyle could Kyle could fucking win this game. All right. He could. I'm not saying he's not able to. Kyler Murray could have 40 points. Maybe Alvin Kamara shows signs that he's still the Alvin Kamara from last year, even though he's going up against a tough New England defense. But I think the X factor on Stretch's team is Debo Samuel. Mm. Because Green Bay's defense, I hate it. I really hate it. And I think Debo could feast on the other side, though. Steven has George Kittle. George Kittle's playing the Green Bay Packers. He could feast, too. Maybe it'll offset offset whatever Debo's saying he does. But 
that's my two cents. There you go, man. Nice. So you're taking stretch. I'm taking Steven. I'm ah, taking Steven, but so Kyle could win. Uh, you know how, you know how like everybody always gets trolled on social media. Like all of like the broadcasting people, when all of their experts pick one team and then that yeah. team loses, that's going to be freaking. Stretch. What it feels like is going to happen. I know. I, it's just, it's going to happen, but I can't uh, do it. I can't, I can't do it. It just doesn't I make can't. sense. I, I, at the end of the day, I feel like Stretch's team is worse this year than it was last year. But if you ride the back of Murray and Kamara every single day, like he was able to do last year, anything is possible. Stretch can't anything. ride the back of them. They're both super little, but they both put up so many points. I know. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. All right. So uh, I know how I said in this next matchup um, that – my win percentage over Don is 78%, what Sleeper thinks. And I was like, oh, that's so high. Um, Anthony comes barging in and says, hold my fucking beer. So we have Anthony, 2-0, and going up against 0-2. Country Roads, Take Mahomes, Sleeper with an 84%. God dang. 84% chance of victory for Anthony, and it's not hard to see why. Hayden currently has a stand, still rolling with the stud, Ronald Jones. He's got the alpha Cole Komet in there. He's currently got the lockdown Buccaneers defense that just got thrashed by the Cowboys and the uh, whoever they played, the Falcons. They put up like 28. And they're taking on Matthew Stafford in L.A. Um, it's, then, I mean, it's, it's not great. Granted, all the other people on his team have, like, pretty good matchups. But, I mean, you just look at Anthony. I mean, Derrick Henry is returning home to Tennessee to just just put down all of the Colts, man. Just just take him behind the barn. Lamar Jackson's going to be toying with the Detroit Lions defense. That's going to be ugly. Um, and, of course, I mean, when you have Mario and Luigi, Jefferson and Thielen taking on a good as a matchup <laughs> as Seattle, it's it's hard to see how you know Steve, uh, Anthony loses this game. He's even given Sterling Shepard the start he deserves against a very vulnerable Falcons defense. If if I can have maybe one or two concerns, I'm trying to give Hayden some life here. One or two concerns. Uh, obviously Daryl Henderson, Darnell Anderson. The Rams are optimistic he plays, but he seems to always have that questionable tag and seem to haven't hasn't bothered him in the past. But we'll see how that goes. Believe it or not, the Colts decent run defense the past couple years, you know, DeForest Buckner clobbing up that middle, but Derrick Henry is just not a human. So that's great. And, uh, you know, Sterling Shepard, great first couple weeks, but, you know, obviously has the tendency to maybe disappear at some points. And I'd be eyeing the, the health of, uh, Evan Ingram. If he comes back, I think, I think he takes a lot of targets away. Um, but that is, that's something to eye, but, uh, I just don't see how, Anthony loses this game. I mean, Cooper Cup can always always go off. Same with Allen Robinson. Maybe this is a Chase Claypool three touchdown games, but just a lot of stuff has to go right for Hayden, and I just don't think it's the week uh, for him. And I think Anthony goes to three and oh, who hot baby boys? The easy pick is Mister Anthony Lapenta. Tony, but we're not going easy. We're not going easy on this podcast, okay? Oh, even Who? even with Anthony here, what? I am taking the contrarian approach against all odds. 
What? I'm going Hayden to pick up his first win against the juggernaut that is Anthony's team. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no reason why this should happen. No way at all. But you know what? I'm going to compare this. You guys, you remember high school, right? And you remember going to the prom and there would be all these different people that were dressed up. And I don't know if it was like this where you went to school, but there was always that one couple where a guy just hit out of his league, out of the park, somehow just got the girl and was the star of the show at prom. I think Hayden does that this week. I think Chase Claypool will go off against Cincinnati. Cortland Sutton goes off. Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup. I think he's just going to have nuclear performances where he needs it most. He's just going to edge it out. And then there's going to be crap performances from uh, Thielen or, or Justin Jefferson. One of those guys will get all the volume. The other guy won't. And, man, maybe Derrick Henry just goes off for another 10. I It doesn't make sense, but I'm going for it. Yeah, my my date to the prom this year was pretty hot. She was so hot. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and Anthony, I love your team. I just go on the contrarian approach this week. You know, I respect it. I really do. I I am the owner of Team Uninspired Youth, so I do enter this conversation with a bit of bias, believe it or not. But I do feel like I have the weapons to beat Hayden this week. Granted, I think about the fact Hayden put up 150 points last week. I think about that. He has Pat Mahomes. Let's not forget that he has the best quarterback in the NFL <laughs> right like, now. That haunts me at night. I think about it. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think I see Cortland Sutton. Was that Taco Bell? I don't know what that was. I think that was me. <laughs> I think everything, yeah, everything's okay. Cool. Right know. on. All right. Sorry about that. But I see <laughs> live recording. He has, he has Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton could go off. He could Cooper cup. Wide receiver one, and that that Rams offense is good. Um, if I mean Derrick Henry, he's got he's going up against a tough Colts defense. I think Derrick Henry will do well, but he could certainly have a dud this week after going off. He spoiled me last week. He certainly spoiled me. Can he do it again? We'll see. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I think he deserves the start this time around. But God. I think I'm going to be okay, but you never know any given Sunday. Hayden, if you decide to fuck me, take me <laughs> to dinner first, at least. If you fuck me. Jeez. Uh, All right. So two for Anthony, one for Hayden. I love how Aaron just like bagged on Hayden's team like 20 minutes ago. And now he's like, but I think he's going to beat one of the best teams in the league. <laughs> Go Hayden. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. All right, we have oh, man. we have one game left on the docket. Aaron's taking it. It is our preview week three. Game of the week. Yes, indeed. And our week three preview game of the week. We've got the Mixon administration and Tim Raider taking on Zach Welch and cooking up more. The Probability of win is for Tim currently mm. 65% to cooking up more is 35%. Point total, Tim estimated to be 
to Zach's 141.27. And I think the reason that this is the game of the week is because Zach gets a chance to just prove that we're still too low on him, that he needs to be even in the top three conversation of this league. And it's really scary to just think if he had a healthy Cam Akers, how his team would be even with in addition to him. Uh, I mean, he's got Dalvin Cook going up against Seattle. You can score points on the Seahawks. We've seen that this year. Aaron Jones, wow, he just carves up the lines every time he plays them, I feel like. A bit of a tougher matchup against San Francisco, but Tyler Lockett showing out this year. Chris Godwin's a safety blanket. He's got pieces on his team. And then Rondale Moore against Jacksonville, he could go wild again. Um, so I think, uh, I think the, per, the probability right here is a little low for Zach. I really do. And then when you're looking at Tim's team, I think he bounces back in a big way. Dak Prescott on Monday night football should show out with the weapons he has nuke AKA Deandre Hopkins against Jacksonville. I mean, rest in peace Jaguars. Like he is going <laughs> to just go off against them. DK Metcalf against Minnesota's poor secondary. I think he gets it done. I think he's going to go nuclear this week. Darren Waller, respectable output. Miami's defense is a bit tougher. Uh, And then Carolina defense, don't sleep on them. Definitely don't sleep on the Carolina defense. Their talent is showing out, and they play Houston. Uh, But when it's all said and done, I think this is going to be a really close matchup. I think I'm going to just go Zach on this one slightly uh, just because I really like that Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Godwin. Corey's got rolling. Mark Andrews, I think, bounced back against Detroit. The matchups are juicy. Uh, The question mark for Zach for sure is Deontay Johnson. Uh, Can he go this week? That's big. That is a big, big decision. Uh, But I'm taking this at face value that Deontay Johnson will play. And I'm going with Zach. He he better be praying to the high heavens that Deontay Johnson can play because who the hell are you going to put in there? Tevin Coleman, J.D. McKissick, Philip Lindsay, Sammy Watkins. There's like, nobody. Who? Yeah. Who? Yeah. So if he can't go, I bruh, you better be praying, man. Um, it this this game, it like you said, means so much because not a loss is not going to tank either team, but a win gets Tim back up there. You got to think a win get almost guarantees Zach a top three spot, barring he wins this game like ninety to eighty or something. Um, but I, I like Team Tim's team as a whole better. But I I hate Rondell Moore. I just hate uncertainty in my lineup, and that's maybe why I don't win because all of my guys just are just safe. Anyway, um, I just that makes me super nervous. But I think Zach's running back matchups are just so much better. Then Tim's running back matchups. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go. I I said Zach coming in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Anthony, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I don't know. I mean. I don't have a I don't have a lot to add. I think you guys really hit it on the head. I think Zach has a really good running back matchup. 
especially with Mixon not doing great last week. Gibson, it's Gibson versus J.D. McKissick. I still don't know who's going to win that cage match of a <laughs> thing there. And Swift, it's kind of the same thing with Swift and Jamal Williams, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, so it, those are like, those are two question marks I have. I look at Zach's team and I see a big four-headed monster in Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Lockett, and Chris Godwin. I think I'm going Zach just because I think that those four players I just named is such a scary thing that I don't know. I'm just going Zach just simply because of that. I'm I'm going Zach barring a Deontay Johnson injury. If if Deontay Johnson doesn't play, I go Tim. Because I think he he's that big. But if he plays, I go Zach. Can, can I do that? Is that allowed? Like if sure. do I have to make we'll the call like right now? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm doing it. If Deontay Johnson plays, I'm going Zach. If he doesn't, I'm going Tim. Final answer. Um, okay, so we have all three for Zach there. Is that what we just did? Yep. Wow. It pains me. It pains me to say that. He gets the res- not- he gets no the respect, respect in the power rankings. And he gets a unanimous pick this week. Oof. Yeah. Don't get used to it, Welch. There, Don't get used to it. There is an 80-point game coming Zach's way. I can just feel it. I can just feel it. Um, a quick pick'em update for those interested. Heading into week three. Um, last week, I won the week <laughs> at four and one. Uh Aaron came in at three and two, and Tim at two and three last week. And now the standing stand at your boy. Chris, call me. Who needs Matthew Berry? You got nigga Berry right here. Eight and two. Let's go. Probably shouldn't say that on the pod. Whatever. We got Aaron at second at seven and three and Tim at five and five. It'll be we, we know you're going to trail off. We know you're going to trail off. You freaking suck at picking. Uh, I, pick them. I started I started crummy last year, but I was coming on last week, last, last, last few weeks. So we'll see. All right. That was your week three preview. More football, more fun. And there you have it. Dang, we ran long again, but there's just so much good content. There's just so much good content we got to talk about. Uh, I can't get enough, man. Um, if you are still listening, first of all, thank you. We appreciate you. And a better way to supplement your listening is to go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at this league underscore pod. Also, as always, subscribe review share us with your friends share us with your friends in kenya and stuff because they like us over there so uh definitely do that and as always just just uh just just take a good long hard look at that like button and just just demolish it man just crush it just bang it dude just bang it to high end it's eyelids off (laughs) you guys you guys know what to do just click the damn button that's all you got to do. Just if you're trying to blow it. my nut hairs back, you should click the like button. Oh, baby. You want to see that happen. <laughs> all right. Oh, you know what? Actually, uh, Anthony, first of all, thank you for joining. You were fantastic. Love the thank energy. Thank you for having me. I love being on. You guys are the best. Shout out to Tim as well. Let's not forget our fallen hero, Tim. He's fine. He's just not here, but he's great. Right. All right. Well, I'm currently searching for happy instrumental songs to try and, um, you know, offset that disappointing. Offset. 
offset that disappointing <laughs> thing. We're going to play July by Derek Fish. Derek, not Derek Fisher. Fisher. Holy. <laughs> I'm having more seizures. Where's the correct button? <laughs> All right. By Derek Fitcher. Let's see how we do. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm in a much better mood. You know what? The Colts are going to go into Tennessee, win freaking 49 to nothing. Jacob Eason, seven touchdown yeah. throws. Michael Pittman Jr., 300 yards, seven touchdowns. It's going to be great, guys. I'm Chris. I'm signing out. Love you guys. Wrong get. Love you guys. This league. This league. Woo! like i'm hula dancing or something that was pretty good yeah put me on an island with a corona yeah i felt tropical